0: Well hello and happy new year to you. This is At The Jazz Band Ball. I'm Kevin McLaughlin and this is our podcast devoted to early jazz from the first part of the 20th century. Well we took a bit of a break over the holidays so it's good to be back with you. I hope you enjoyed some rest too, maybe even took in some jazz over the New Year's holiday. Well, today on At The Jazz Band Ball, we're going to continue our tour of jazz venues around the country, at least as they might have sounded in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. And today it's Detroit Jazz Clubs and Dance Halls. Well, Detroit has a lot to boast of musically, I think most of us think of the Motown era in the 60s, which would be good enough for most places. But Detroit also has a remarkable jazz tradition starting in the 20s. It benefited, like a lot of Northern cities did, by the Great Migration just after World War I, workers coming up from the Deep South in search of a better life. While well, musicians came too, some to settle and others to pass through, Some played in these territory bands, you know, those hard-working road bands of the 20s, 30s, and 40s that spent most of their time traveling. But some musicians landed in cities like Detroit, where thanks to industry and a growing middle class, there was a demand for entertainment, uh, music, and dancing. (laughs) Is Gene Goldkett and his orchestra playing Sunday from 1926, as it may have sounded, at the Greystone Ballroom there on 4237 Woodward Avenue in Detroit. By the way, it's quite a roster for this iteration of the Gene Goldkett Orchestra. You heard Bix Beiderbeck on Cornet, Bill Rank on Trombone. Frank Trumbauer, C Melody Sax, Joe Venuti violin, and Eddie Lang on guitar. And also the Keller sisters and Lynch sang. Now, this was a, an all-siblings uh, vocal group born with the family name Lynch. And Frank Lynch had a very high-pitched voice for a man. And when he sang with his sisters, it sounded like an all-female trio. Well, Gene Goldcat was quite a figure in Detroit. He was something of an impresario. He owned many of the venues and he fronted many of the bands. So, for a time, it was said that if you wanted to play in Detroit, you had to go through Gene Goldcat. Well, in the 1920s, dancing was all the rage. And Detroiters flocked to the Greystone Ballroom to hear Gene Goldcat's bands, and especially McKinney's Cotton Pickers, which was another band that Goldcat kind of managed. Uh, the Greystone was huge with room for 3,000 dancers, 4,000 it was said, if they danced close. There were 60 foot high domed ceilings with a balcony that ringed the dance floor and elegance was everywhere, with marble staircases and hand-carved railings, a circular fountain. According to the Detroit Free Press in 1922, just ahead of the Greystones opening, color changes had been worked out so that with the use of spotlights and floodlights, many unusual and beautiful lighting effects could be obtained during the dance numbers. Well, like most Detroit ballrooms at the time, the Greystone was segregated and catered to mostly white people, with the exception of Monday Nights, when it was integrated. And one of the black bands that played regularly was McKinney's Cotton Pickers. And we're going to hear Plain Dirt from 1929. Uh, This is a band featuring Don Redman on clarinet and alto sax. Uh, He was also a ranger for the group. Benny Carter on alto and clarinet. Coleman Hawkins is here on tenor sax. Fats Waller on piano. So here's Plain Dirt, performed by McKinney's Cotton Pickers in 1929, something you might have heard on a Monday night at the Greystone Ballroom in Detroit. (laughs) McKinney's Cotton Pickers in Plain Dirt from 1929, a group founded by William McKinney and then later managed by Gene Goldkett in Detroit. Well, we're listening to what we might have heard in Detroit's jazz clubs in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. I'm Kevin McLaughlin. Thanks for coming along. I'm going to stay with uh, the McKinney's Cotton Pickers for a minute and the Greystone Ballroom just to get another sample of this great Detroit band. In 1931, McKinney's Cotton Pickers were voted the second most popular jazz band in the country, as determined by the African-American newspaper, the Pittsburgh Courier. And though they play second to Duke Ellington's orchestra, I think the band's ranking nevertheless reflects the nationwide popularity of this great band. Uh, Ellington himself said, there was a lot of talk about McKinney's Cotton Pickers up in Detroit. That bunch made a gang of musical history, and their recordings had everybody talking about them. Well, this next recording from 1928 called Millenburg Joys has a slightly different personnel. There's no Coleman Hawkins or Benny Carter, uh, but pretty much the same band otherwise here's millenburg joys from 1928 mckinney's cotton pickers <laughs> was Millenburg Joys from 1928, McKinney's Cotton Pickers, as they might have sounded at the Greystone Ballroom in Detroit. Well, during the 1930s, Paradise Valley became the new center for jazz in Detroit, located between Woodward and Russell Streets from west to east and northward to Warren Avenue up from the Detroit River. Several clubs became central night spots for the African-American community, including the club plantation at the Norwood Hotel at 550 East Adams between Bobienne and St. Antoine. One of the groups that played there was called the Chocolate Dandies. Now, the name, The Chocolate Dandies, was actually borrowed by several American jazz combos and bands from 1928 through the 40s. And it was an outgrowth of the Broadway production, The Chocolate Dandies, that debuted in 1924. But the recording we're going to hear is from an iteration led by Benny Carter, the alto sax player and arranger, this is "Crazy Capers" from 1933, and a terrific band with Max Kaminsky trumpet, uh, Floyd O'Brien trombone, Chew Berry tenor sax, Teddy Wilson on piano, and some others. Here's "Crazy Capers" 1933. <music> Daisy Capers from 1933 played for us by a band called the Chocolate Dandies, led by Benny Carter, and played probably at the club plantation located at 550 East Adams. Well, I think we can acknowledge uh, that some of the group's names, like the Chocolate Dandies and McKinney's Cotton Pickers, are by today's standards pretty overtly racist sounding. Well, they were named by the white managers, uh, not not by the musicians themselves, in an attempt to sell to a white market. And even the club names like Club Plantation or the Cotton Club in New York City have these names that are evoking the Deep South uh, to a white sensibility. I'm looking at a program from 1935 from the club plantation. It describes itself as Detroit's smartest sepia nightclub with divine dancing, lovely music, the finest in entertainment, exceptional cuisine. Well, a, a smaller club, also located in Paradise Valley, was the Bandbox. This was a real favorite for musicians to meet and jam after their regular stage shows at the fancy hotels. The bandbox was located on the southeast corner of Adams and St. Antoine and officially went by the name the Musicians and Performers Club, but the players just called it the bandbox. The band leader Johnny Trafton remembered that the bandbox was a special rendezvous place where musicians congregated after hours. Jam sessions at the bandbox could be quite competitive. And uh, tenor sax man Joe Norris remembered, sometimes we would go through all the keys of a tune like Sweet Georgia Brown, an up-tempo tune with a lot of quick chord changes. We'd start in A-flat and then go to B-flat and then B and so on back to A-flat. One of the more frequent visitors to the band box and one of the more competitive personalities was Earl Father Hines. Here's a recording of Earl Hines and his band playing Sweet Georgia Brown in 1934, probably in A-flat. This is from a studio session in close by Chicago. In addition to Heinz's usual roster, by the way, this has Valetta Snow on trumpet, Truman Young on trombone, and of course Hines himself on piano. Here's Earl Heinz's band with Sweet Georgia Brown, 1934. the Earl Hines Orchestra, as they sounded in 1934, perhaps at the band box with Sweet Georgia Brown. Well, this week on At the Jazz Band Ball, we're revisiting some jazz venues in Detroit during the 20s, 30s, and 40s. And next, we're going to move to the Paradise Theater, which might be the most famous and certainly one of the most important jazz venues during the 40s. It hosted some of the most renowned musicians, including Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday and Count Basie. And this next band, the Duke Ellington Band, on December 24th, 1941, uh, the theater, which had lain dormant for 20 years, uh, reopened as the Paradise Theater. Here is the Duke Ellington Orchestra, as they would have sounded on that Christmas Eve night, 1941, with never no lament. Don't get around much anymore. Never No Lament, the Duke Ellington Orchestra, as they might have sounded, on December 24th, 1941, when they reopened the Paradise Theater. And By the way, the Paradise uh, was formerly Orchestra Hall, where the DSO played up until 1939. And then it is again uh, in 1989, uh, the DSO moved into that same building and uh, expanded the seating to 3,000 seats. Well, another grand old theater in Detroit just down the street from the Paradise is the Fox Theater. It's a performing arts center located at 2211 Woodward Avenue. It opened in 1928 as a flagship movie palace in the Fox Theater's chain and it was at over 5,000 seats, the largest theater in the city. Now, Billie Holiday played the Fox Theater in Detroit with the Count Basie Orchestra in 1937. And she describes in her autobiography, Lady Sings the Blues, that Detroit was between race riots then, and after three performances the first day, the theater management went crazy. They claimed they had so many complaints about all those Negro men up there on stage with those bare-legged white girls and all hell cut loose backstage. The next thing we knew, they revamped the whole show. And when the chorus line opened the show, they fitted them out with special black masks and mammy dresses. They did the whole number with blackface and those damned mammy get-ups. Uh, here are two filmed performances from 1941 with Billie Holiday and the Count Basie Orchestra, as they may have sounded at the Fox Theater. This is God Bless the Child and Now or Never. Them
1: that's got shall have them that's not shall lose so the bible said and it still is news mama may have papa may have but god bless the child that's got his own that's got his own Yes, the strong gets more While the weak ones fade Empty pockets don't ever make the grave. Mama may have, Papa may have But God bless the child that's got his own that's got his own money you've got lots of friends crowding round the door Which relations give Crust of bread and such You can help yourself But don't take too much Mama may have Papa may have But God bless the child That's got his own That's got his own Hey there, baby, make up your mind Cause I've been waiting such a long, long time Now, baby, I'll never i've been so sad and blue now baby i will never i've been so lonesome too now baby i'll never if i mean anything to you now baby i'll never cause i've wasted so much time now baby i'll never And it ain't no fault of mine. It's gotta be yes or no, it's either you stay or go, you can't leave me on the shelf. You gotta commit yourself. It's either you will, baby, or won't fall in love with me. I'm gonna call you once more on the telephone. I'll give it till twelve and I'll be gone. Now, baby, I'll never. I've been so sad and blue. Now, baby, I'll never. I've been so lonesome too. Now, baby, I'll never. If I mean anything to you. Now, baby, I'll never. Cause I wasted so much time, now baby I'll never, and it ain't no halt of mine, it's gotta be yes or no, it's either you stay or go, you can't leave me on the shelf, you gotta commit yourself, it's either you
0: be now or never sung for us by Billie Holiday and the Count Basie Orchestra and before that we heard God Bless the Child. That was a filmed performance from 1941 as they may have sounded at the Fox Theater in Detroit. Well that's going to about do it for us this week on At the Jazz Band Ball i'm kevin McLaughlin. i hope you enjoyed our tour of 1920s 30s and 40s detroit jazz clubs and by the way uh, i got a lot of my information this week from a book by lars bjorn and jim gallert it's a history of jazz in detroit 1920 to 1960 before motown worth worth checking out Next week, we're going to do a show on early Louis Armstrong, mostly his time in Chicago with King Oliver and then later with Fletcher Henderson and then later with the Hot Fives and Sevens. So just great playing. I think you'll enjoy that. So make sure you come back for that. By the way, if you're enjoying these podcasts, you can email the show at kevin at, at jazzbandball.com. Uh, You can subscribe to our Substack at kevinmclaughlin.substack.com. You can also subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms like Apple and Spotify. And if you're so inclined, you can rate the show or leave some comments. I always love to hear from you. And if you have any ideas about some future shows, we'd love to hear those as well. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to seeing you next time.